It's time for overtime. I think I'm ready for this. Heck yeah. In the world of sports, it's all about the playmakers in today's headlines, from locals to the pros, with interviews from local standouts and sports all-stars across the country that will have you talking. In the left center field, that's hit well. That'll split the gap. Hear from coaches to players, sports analysts, and broadcasters who are a part of the action every day. Overtime, now with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of Overtime. Today might be the day that the Green Bay Packers close the door on the career of Aaron Rodgers in green and gold. Some big news in regards to the saga of Aaron Rodgers, his future in Green Bay, and other quarterback situations, including upcoming rookie quarterbacks and how they performed at the NFL Combine, the Summit League wraps up today. SDSU Jackrabbit Women's Basketball will play for the Conference Tournament Championship today at 1 o'clock. SDSU men got bounced by North Dakota State last night. We'll have sound from both head coaches of the Jackrabbits to share with you on today's show. Talk a little hockey in hour number one with Anna Dua of NHL.com. And we'll hear from the commissioner of the Summit League in what is the Title game day of the Summit League Tournament here in Sioux Falls at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. Josh Fenton will join us right around 1230 on today's show. We'll round you out with the good, the bad, and the ugly. But first, let's take a look at last night and yesterday's scores from across the sports landscape. NBA basketball, it took overtime, but Cleveland gets the home win over Boston, 118-114. to Boston, all of a sudden, is reeling a little bit. They've lost three in a row and four of five. How about this for a high-scoring affair? Philly wins at Indiana last night, 147-143. to Also high-scoring down in South Beach as Miami defeats Atlanta, 130-128. to And Denver hangs on for a win over Toronto, 118-113. to Nikola Jokic just a little bit shy of another triple-double. 17 points, 13 boards, and 9 assists. For the spectacular big. Tonight in the NBA, 76ers will visit the T-Wolves. That is a 6.30 national broadcast on TNT. Bucks at Magic tip it up from Orlando at 6 o'clock. Hornets at Knicks at 6.30. Warriors at Thunder at 7. And the late game on TNT tonight, also a must-watch. Grizzlies at Lakers at 9 o'clock. NHL finals from yesterday. Chicago at home over Ottawa, 5 to nothing. Edmonton wins on the road at Buffalo, 3-2. to San Jose wins in Winnipeg, also 3-2. to And in a shootout, Vancouver defend, uh, eventually wins at home over Nashville, 4-3. to Tonight in the NHL, the Wild are in action. They'll be at home to Calgary. 7 o'clock puck drop as Minnesota looks for their fifth straight win. They've won eight of their last nine entering tonight's game. The Blues will visit the Coyotes at 8 o'clock and the Sharks in Denver for a matchup with the Avs also at 8. Men's college basketball finals from yesterday. Summit League tournament. It was close throughout, but St. Thomas, after leading at the half, falls to Oral Roberts 70-65. to Golden Eagles punched their ticket to today's final at 8 p.m. North Dakota State got a 10-point win against South Dakota State 89-79. to 
Elsewhere, Gonzaga gets a win, 84-73 over San Francisco, and St. Mary's downs BYU 76-69. That will be the West Coast Conference Final today at 8 o'clock on ESPN, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. And again, ORU and North Dakota State is the final today on the men's side from the Summit League Tournament, 8 o'clock from the Denny Sanford Premier Center, Oral Roberts and North Dakota State. Other conference finals today, Fairleigh Dickinson and Merrimack will meet at 6 o'clock on ESPN2 for the Northeast Conference Final. Northern Kentucky and Cleveland State get together at 6 o'clock on ESPN. That's the Horizon League Final. And the CAA title between Charleston and UNC Wilmington on the men's side will be settled 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Women's basketball final score, Summit League tournament yesterday, SDSU convincing win over Oral Roberts, 87-60. And it was Omaha, the seven seed, with a 69-60 win over Kansas City yesterday. Villanova and UConn did battle. The seventh-ranked Huskies get the better of 10th-ranked Nova, 67-56. That's the final in the Big East. And, of course, today and tonight in women's basketball, SDSU and Omaha, a 1 o'clock tip time from the Premier Center. I'll have an opportunity for you to win some tickets here shortly on overtime to that game. And then number 16, Gonzaga faces Portland. That's the West Coast Conference final today, 3 o'clock, and you can watch that one on ESPNU. Well, from the jump, we've heard a lot about Aaron Rodgers lately in the news cycle, a lot of it up in the air, but lately some more definitive news has come out in this situation, and that is that the New York Jets have had conversations with the Green Bay Packers and with quarterback Aaron Rodgers this week regarding a potential trade of the four-time MVP to the New York Jets. That's according to sources. You can read more about this evolving situation at ESPN.com. But I tell you what, it seems awfully real now, folks, that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers will be breaking up this offseason. And I don't think there's any other team really in the mix. It's been the Jets from the start. And if Rodgers has the interest and the compensation is there, I think this gets done sooner rather than later. The sources said some of those conversations were expected to take place today as well, but that it's unclear as of this morning whether they will result in a trade. Rodgers still has not made any announcements about what he intends to do this season. And that, to me, isn't really much of a story. The story is if he's talking to the Jets, and having conversations with the Packers about the Jets, he wants to play next year. And the Packers might not want him in Green Bay, and he might not want to be there. But to say that his future is still up in the air in regards to retirement, I think the guy's playing football next year. There wouldn't be all of this fire and smoke today if he was considering actually hanging it up. And according to the article, it's still possible he decides to retire or stay in Green Bay. But if he wants to play and he and the Packers agree it's time for him to play somewhere else. The Jets appear to be the most realistic option. Rodgers is under contract through 2024 for $108.8 million. Technically, the contract signed last March runs through 2026, but 2025 and 2026 on the contract are considered dummy years for cap purposes. That's become more common in recent years. But because his money is prorated, Rodgers wouldn't hobble the Jets' cap. He would count just $15.8 million in 2023 and $32.5 million in 2024. So the Packers, regardless of if they trade Aaron Rodgers, would get hit with over $40 million in a dead cap charge next season. 
nearly $9 million more than he'd count if he were on the roster. So the compensation for the Jets won't necessarily have to be indicative of the value of Aaron Rodgers, the football player, as much as it's the value that the Packers are going to not have on the roster and the value of the dead cap money that the Packers have. So the Jets might pony up a little bit more than expected for the trade, and we'll see if there's some financial considerations or some sort of contractual uh, adjustment, whether it be a restructure in a trade or something of that nature. But the New York Jets really could inherit a pretty darn good situation with Aaron Rodgers because the Packers owe him so much guaranteed money. $40 million in a dead cap charge, and that's $9 million more than he'd count if he were on the roster this year against the 2023 salary cap in Green Bay. So a tremendously interesting situation. And as this news becomes a little bit more solidified, I have to say as a Packers guy, it's, it's starting to get a little bit more real. And after the Packers lost in dramatic and heartbreaking fashion to the 49ers back in 2021, I had said that I would love Rodgers to be back. And he did come back. And last year, there were a lot of storylines. The defense didn't live up to the hype. The wide receivers were young. Rodgers didn't work with them much in the offseason. The offense sputtered out of the gates. The Packers battled a long uh, losing streak midseason. They made it interesting down the stretch. But after last season and watching Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, a couple things became evident to me that weren't necessarily evident in 2020 or 2021. And that was a little bit more flack in the offense in terms of the relationship and the play calling and playing within the system for Aaron Rodgers to where I could see a divorce coming or I could see a little bit of frustration coming for both sides. And all three sides, really, the front office included, uh, along with head coach Matt LaFleur and the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. But now that last season concluded the way it's did, I as a Packer fan, a lot of Packer fans out there might be ready or open to the possibility of Rodgers being done in Green Bay. And to be completely frank and honest, now that you've seen some of the packages and some of the uh, draft picks that are rumored to be out there that Aaron Rodgers might be worth, it's hard not to lick your chops a little bit about the Packers' future with Jordan Love and a lot of draft picks and a big contract off the salary cap. So while I'm not thrilled, and nobody's ever thrilled when a a player that represents the best of your franchise and a Super Bowl winning franchise with that player is set to leave and play somewhere else, it does make it feel a little bit better than the Favre situation that this might be an amicable split, and the Packers might be rewarded with some tools and players to build towards a future in which right now, I wouldn't say the Packers' Super Bowl window is is wide open like they're a favorite, but they're not a bad football team. Certainly a playoff football team and expected to be a playoff football team with Rodgers. And with Jordan Love, you don't know what you're going to get. Looked pretty good at times last year, but again, it'll be his first year as a starter if things shake out the way that they're trending. So exciting times for the Green Bay Packers. Still an uncertain situation. Who knows what kind of talks they're having, but the fact that they're talking leads me to believe that Aaron Rodgers wants to play football this upcoming season in 2023. That's the latest on the Aaron Rodgers situation. In my mind, I think sometime this week I'll be sitting in this chair during the show and that banner will pop up on SportsCenter. Rodgers 
traded to the Jets. Here's the compensation. That's my gut feeling on what will happen with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Now into your Alia Bank headlines of the day. On the same field, the Augustana baseball team won the 2018 National Championship. The Vikings were again winners. This time the Vikings defeated Dominican 7-2 to on Monday morning. The Vikings improved to 11-6 and overall, and Dominican fell to 1-9 and on the season. Augustana will close their time at the USA Baseball Training Complex in Cary, North Carolina, with a 3-1 and record. Some leaders at the plate, Dre Dirksen went 2-for-3 with one RBI, while Reagan Pino went 3-for-5 with two runs batted in and a home run. Up next for Augie Baseball, they travel to Quincy, Illinois on March 10th and 11th for the three-game series with Quincy. The series begins with a doubleheader on Friday starting at noon, and on Saturday the Vikings wrap their series with a third game also slated for a noon start time. We will wrap up your Bank headlines of the day with a look at uh, some NFL news. But first, the uh, the newest AP men's basketball poll, UCLA, continues to surge both towards the postseason and in the AP men's college basketball poll. While Houston was the number one team for a third straight week in the most recent poll, the Bruins rose two spots to number two for their highest ranking of the season. UCLA is 27-4. and and they've won their past 10 games, including a showdown with highly ranked Arizona in the regular season finale. And here's your top five. Houston with 58 of 61 first place votes, followed by UCLA, Kansas, Alabama, and then Purdue. Our boy Gino will be happy that Marquette stood pat at six, Texas seven, Arizona eight, Gonzaga nine, Baylor 10. Big, twen, Big 10, Big 12, and area schools rounding out the rankings. Kansas State at 12. You also have Indiana at 19, Creighton at 24, and Missouri at 25. So that's the latest Big Ten, or excuse me, the AP men's basketball poll for what is uh, shaping up to be a tremendous march. Is again, you've got all sorts of really good teams and maybe a few great teams this year, but this bracket this year for the NCAA March Madness tournament is going to be unbelievable. Houston, UCLA, Kansas, and Bama are your top four. Purdue, an opportunity to uh, earn a top seed, assuming they could win the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. And there's a logjam of really good teams, not just in the Big Ten, not just in the Big 12 and the teams that we cover here, but nationally. There are so many teams this year that could raise a banner at the end of the NCAA tournament. Now to round out your Bank headlines of the day, NFL news. The NFL's comeback player of the year is coming back to Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks and Pro Bowl quarterback Geno Smith reached an agreement on a contract yesterday. The team announced, sources confirmed to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler and Adam Schefter, that the deal is for three years and $105 million and includes, get this, $52 million in the first year. You had Geno Smith signing an $100-plus million contract over three years a few years ago on your bingo card. I think you ought to go and play the slot some more. Both sides had expressed optimism that a deal would get done, and now it's official for the 32-year-old, one of the biggest surprises of last year, as everyone buried Seattle when Russell Wilson left town. It was a laughing stock. Are you going to have retread Geno Smith out there or Drew Locke from the Broncos, who did not impress in his time in Denver? Geno wins the job. Many people rolled their eyes and said, oh, they're just going to play bad and tank for a draft pick. They made the postseason. Geno wins comeback player of the year. 
heads to a Pro Bowl, and now he is their long-term starter. And this contract for three years and a huge payday this year doesn't mean they're out of the quarterback sweepstakes for this season, but they most certainly could be. They could trade down and they could acquire more assets, and then, you know, when Geno continues to progressively age here, he's 32 right now. But when he's 35 years old and the Seahawks need to draft a quarterback, they could have some serious capital due to a trade down in this year's draft. So now the Seahawks with the top five pick via Denver have a lot of options. They don't have to take their guy this year if they don't love the guy in the top five. They could trade down or they could take a premier defensive player because the quarterbacks are trending up, as they always seem to do in the pre-draft process. But Anthony Richardson could be a top five pick. Will Levis rumored to be as well. And, of course, the other two quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, will be top five picks in this year's NFL draft. That's heading your way at the end of April. I'm excited to talk NFL draft down the stretch of the uh, basketball season, hockey season, as we gear up for the postseason in those two sports. The NFL draft will also come around, and that is a uh, a fixture on ESPN. And uh, it continues to evolve year over year with the coverage, and we're excited to cover it all here with you on Overtime. Coming up immediately next, we will get you some sound from the Summit League Tournament recaps of the SDSU men's basketball loss to North Dakota State and the SDSU women's basketball win yesterday from the Summit League Tournament. We'll hear from both head coaches, their opening statements, and some interesting sound bites from their post-game press conferences yesterday, including a little bit of a season recap from head coach Eric Henderson of South Dakota State men's basketball. That's ahead of here on Overtime. Bottom of the hour, we'll talk some hockey with Anna Dua of NHL.com. That's ahead, right here on your Sioux Falls Sports Leader. This is a tech. Get caught up with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Back on the Tuesday edition of Overtime, we'll quickly head right now to the ESPN hotline where our buddy Dano has dialed us up. Apparently got some great stuff for us today on the day where Aaron Rodgers might be on the move. Dano, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, and that's actually my first topic here today. Quickly, um, um, Aaron Rodgers, he's he was just going through the motions last year. You get it through the motions, yeah. He, he, you know what I'm saying? And I think it all goes back to that first game against the Vikings, where Watson dropped that bomb. Bert, you don't understand how much that pisses a quarterback off when he throws that bomb exactly right, exactly right on the money, and that guy drops it. It literally crushes you. And it's harder than you think. Everybody thinks these bombs where, you know, you throw it 60 yards down the field or 65 like Rodgers does is easy. That's the hardest pass to complete in the NFL. It's it's probably about a 30% chance you're going to get it. So it's not very good odds. You know, most of them are like 70% on a short five-yard out. You know, and so I think this is hypothetically say Watson catches that and they beat the Vikings that day. You know, and then they start out one and zero instead of all and one. I mean, it sort of did a tailspin after that. But here's the thing: if you're the Packers, okay, this is the bright side. 
You guys are going to end up like the Seattle Seahawks with the Denver trade, and here's why. Because if you trade now with the Jets, not only do you save the $50 million cap hit, uh, you know, it goes down to nine without him, and so then you're on a rookie contract with Love, so you actually come out net ahead. So the Packers, like, though, the Packers, though, Dano, according to the article at ESPN, because of the way the money is structured, it's a signing bonus. So the Packers right now, if they trade Rodgers, are on the hook for $40 million this year. And, of course, that can be moved around and adjusted, and the Jets could send over draft picks or whatever it might be. But there might be a restructure in trade. But the Packers, it's not nine. The Packers would be on the hook for $40 million if he's traded this year as the, con- as the contract currently stands. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because here's why. You got, you'll end up with the 13th pick and the, and the 15th pick. They got you taking that wicked tight end, Michael Myers, tight end from Notre Dame yeah. at 15. And so if you could get the Jets pick at 9, I wouldn't even bungle it. I'd just get two really wicked good players right there. You're going to get two awesome players to sort of rebuild. Like I said, you guys are going to end up like Seattle. You're going to make the playoffs. Jordan loves a lot better than what you think. I was really impressed with this improvement from the first year in preseason to the second year. He's got, he got a lot better. I'm telling you, a lot better. Yeah, it's exciting. And I'm just, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, that, I, I really don't think that um, this is a bad thing for the Packers. You'll end up with the 13th and 15th pick. Even though you have to eat a lot of that money, who cares? Dude? Because if Rodgers is just going to go throw the motions through the motions again, you're, you're really not gaining anything, and so I'm just thinking that's a lot better deal. The future is bright for the Packers. Trust me, you get yeah. that 13th and 15th pick, you're going to get two awesome players. You turn the page, and you'll be fine. Yeah, Jeff, I, turn the page. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Dano. And, you know, the Jordan Love pick, some people said worst pick in NFL history, whatever it might be. The pick did spurn Rodgers to win two MVPs in a row and give them a shot at a Super Bowl. And also... It just began the clock ticking on the future of Aaron Rodgers, and the fact that Love has shown what he's shown is a really good thing for Green Bay. It's sad that it exactly. didn't. It, it's sad that it didn't work out with Rodgers. I would have loved to have won one of those Super Bowls, twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, but Green Bay didn't even get there. Uh, a couple disappointing losses, but I, I mean, there are much worse positions to be in than what the Packers are in right now. Yeah, and I'd, you're going to be like Seattle. I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. Like, if you're going to end up like Green Bay and Seattle, you're way better situation than what the Jets or the Broncos are going to be with Aaron Rodgers and and Rusty Wilson. I know because they had a Saints beat writer on the other day on your uh, Canyon Carlin show, the guy that chewed me out because I thought uh, <laughs> earlier in the year. But now check this out. They were just, they had a guy, the Saint beat writer, and he says that Sean Payton. Of the new Bronco coach, not only is he the best coach in the NFL right now, he might be one of the best coaches in NFL history. Uh, and even you know, and he thinks that he can turn Russell Wilson around. I don't. And Kenny and Carlin totally agree with me. This is where we we agree on. We don't think that this great coach is going to do anything with Russell Wilson. It doesn't really matter at that point. You're a ten year veteran, and you need a coach to bail you out or turn your career. On. Come on, dude. This this guy is just no good. He's just not. And then now this last thing here. Um, the summit league tonight, um, Bert. So, who do you think's the best NBA prospect, Bert? The seven-five Oral Roberts center, um, Connor Overton, or whatever his name is, um, or the six-eleven power forward from North Dakota State, Hanson, who's going to be playing tonight. I'm going to the game, or who I think this, his name is uh, A. Smith, the guard. He's at, he's the uh, Summit League leading scorer at 22.4 average, the same exact average I had as a senior in high school in basketball. Um, 
Dan, I, I actually want... think that guy. Dan, what I... do you think out of this? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. give you, my, I'll give you my take. And I got to interview one of these guys last night. Was in the post game uh, press conference. To me, the answer is is Grant Nelson, and he's the guy for for North Dakota State. Uh, unbelievable kid, uh, class act. Also, twenty two rebounds, twenty two or twenty three rebounds, whatever it was. It was a record at the Summit League tournament last night. Big body. Uh, with respect to Max Acemus, I think he's fantastic, but there's a lot of pure shooters and volume shooters out there, and I think Grant Nelson's uh, overall body of work and athletic ability present a little bit of a of a unique situation for the NBA. I think he'll get an NBA look. I think Acemus will too, but I do think Nelson, uh, from the stature standpoint and the pure ability standpoint, he dominated the glass. He almost out-rebounded SDSU by himself last night. So Grant Nelson's the answer for me uh, for North Dakota State. Quickly, let's get some sound uh, from the Summit League yesterday. We'll start on the women's side behind a career-high 25 points for Haley Timmer. Two others in double figures. South Dakota State topped Oral Roberts 87-60 to yesterday to advance to the Summit League championship game. Here's the opening statement from SDSU women's basketball coach Aaron Johnston. Yeah, I'm proud to be going back to another championship game tomorrow. Today was a tough game, tough game to play in, tough style of play to play against. Uh, Oral Roberts has got just a lot of talent on that team. You know, they are, they are uh, uh, no surprise that they had a couple of first-team all-conference players and certainly had some others that could be considered too. So uh, I thought our team was really locked in defensively. We played so well defensively in that game. We had a stretch. Maybe in that third where we started to foul and kind of got a little bit out of focus, but really for the majority of the game, our defense was excellent. I thought we handled the pressure well. Uh, We really were able to create a lot of offense because of that pressure, so I thought that played into our hands too. Uh, Paige and Haley here next to me were fantastic. A couple of sophomore guards that have such a a great potential in front of them too, and it's fun to see them really shine on a day where where we had to play well against a, a good team. 87-60 87-60 the final. SDSU will match up with Omaha. The Mavericks beat UMKC 69-60. And again, that is a 1 o'clock tip time today. On the men's side, we've got plenty of audio. We'll try to squeeze some more in later in the show. But again, disappointing finish to the tournament. 89-79. North Dakota State downs the Jacks last night at the Premier Center. 19-13, the overall record for SDSU on the season. Here's the opening statement from head coach Eric Henderson last night for SDSU men's basketball. Well, we ran into a buzzsaw tonight. Obviously, give Dave and, and his team a lot of credit. They they played terrific and um, they probably have a first-round draft pick on their team, and he played really good. And, and um, we just kind of fighting it the whole night and could never really just kind of get them going. But uh, to our guys' credit, they had a ton of fight. And... Um, these two beside me were, were, were really amazing. And our seniors, this is really hard. It's always hard. But, but Alex and Matt have been with me for six years, our program for six years, and Aaron Feegan for five years. And we have five senior managers. That's the hardest part. This is never a fun day. But what these guys did for our program, our seniors, and obviously Mimsy has one more to go, but – I'm forever grateful for him, and, and uh, it's never how you want it to end, but uh, sometimes you just have to tip the cap. 89-79, the final. North Dakota State wins over South Dakota State last night. That was head coach Eric Henderson of South Dakota State men's basketball. Never an easy way to end a uh, conference 
tournament like that. We'll try to get some comments in later in the show, including Coach Henderson's comment about the potential for further postseason play for the Jacks. But we'll step aside back with Anna Dua of NHL.com and NHL Fantasy to talk about the Wild and all the storylines in the hockey world next, right here on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. No, my dad is not. I'm serious, but most of the time, entertaining. This is Overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Back on our number one of Overtime, special thanks as always to Dano for calling in. You can always weigh in on the show via the ESPN hotline, 605-362-3776. It's time to drop the puck and talk some hockey as we head now to the ESPN hotline to talk all things NHL with Anna Dua, sports host and reporter with NHL.com and NHL Fantasy. Anna, it's a uh, pleasure to uh, have you, and thank you so much for the time today. Yeah, excited to be on. Let's uh, first start out with the trade deadline. I know there's so much out there, a lot of trades. I don't even know what the total number was, but it was uh, a ton. But uh, let's talk with about the Patrick Kane trade. Of course, he was the fixture in Chicago, one of the best sports figures in the city for a long time, dating back to 2007. What did you make of the deal that sent uh, Kane to the Rangers? Um, I really liked it for the Rangers. I think they're going all in this year to try to make a run for the whole thing. Uh, they added Vladimir Tarasenko a bit earlier, which is probably the first big trade that happened during this trade deadline period specifically, at least after Bo Horvat. And I thought they were kind of done after that. I thought they went with Tarasenko to address their right-wing issues. But then they got Kane, too. And when I take a look at the top six for the Rangers, it's a deadly, deadly top six. They have a really solid third line as well with those young players, Lafreniere, Hedl, Kako on that third line. So their offense is quite, quite solid right now. I know Kane hasn't really gotten off to the start he would have hoped for in New York, but it's still super early. They've hardly practiced together. I'm sure that's going to change rather quickly, and they're going to be a dangerous team down the stretch. Really good thoughts there. As far as the entirety of the deadline goes, we saw a lot of uh, the moves made Tuesday and Wednesday of last week. Of course, the deadline was Friday. Uh, what was one trade that really surprised you or, or caught you off guard the most from last week? In terms of a trade that caught me off guard was, I think the biggest thing was for me, Philip Pronick moving to Vancouver from the Detroit Red Wings. He had a phenomenal year with the Red Wings, definitely exceeded expectations over there. I'm not exactly sure what the Vancouver Canucks are doing at the moment, which yeah. is why the trade caught me by surprise. There were some players that, like Brock Besser, who I thought would move before this trade deadline that didn't, and then there somewhat retooling, somewhat rebuilding. I'm not really quite understanding what the plan is over there in Vancouver. And then adding Klonek really changed my opinion of whether they were actually planning on rebuilding or not. So that was the one that definitely caught me by surprise the most. And then Jonathan Quick moving from the LA Kings. I think this was actually a good move for the Kings. They addressed their net minding issue. They brought in a guy I'm particularly very high on in Corpus Solo. I think he's played really well in Columbus during his time there. He had a good season with Columbus this year, despite playing behind a team that wasn't doing well at all in any of the team categories. And they addressed the issues, but I don't think anyone was expecting Jonathan Quick to move on from a team where he's been a legend, to be honest, and has done so much for that organization. I don't think people expected it to end that way. Lots of movers and shakers to break down across the National Hockey League following last Friday's trade deadline. We're talking with Anna Dua here 
of NHL.com and NHL Fantasy on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. Uh, we'll keep it close to home here now, Anna. Let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they began February losing five of their first six out of the gates for the month, but they've responded to win eight of their last nine, including four in a row. How should Wild fans feel with uh, just over a month to go in the regular season? I think Wild fans should be happy that they're in the Western Conference right now <laughs> and should be excited about their team because the real struggles down the stretch are happening in the East. I mean, we talked about the trade deadline and all the juggernauts, a lot of whom went from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. So it's a mess over there. And I think Minnesota is just concerned about where they're going to end the year in the Central. They're not too worried about making the playoffs right now. I think they're going to start thinking about futures once we actually get into the postseason. But they're kind of sitting pretty right now. They have a good team. I like John Klingberg. I like that ad for the Minnesota Wild. I think he's a defenseman that has had a high ceiling in the past. And to be honest, individually as a person, he has a lot to prove. Like he bet on himself going to um, uh, trying to find a good contract for himself in this league. And it kind of didn't pan out so far for him. And he's just not been playing in the right environment to set him up for success. He was a phenomenal defenseman in Dallas. He's reached a lot of great career highs down there, and he played really well. Anna Dua of NHL.com. He's really going to want to prove himself and hopefully try to get himself a good contract in the place he wants to play. Anna Dua of NHL.com, our guest here on Overtime. Anna, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, they've lost three straight after a six-game winning streak, and I know many eyes will be on the abs in the postseason as they defend their Stanley Cup title. Do you still view Colorado as a contender despite being caught up in that Western Conference logjam in the standings? I think they're always a contender. I mean, they have Nathan McKinnon so um, and great players like that, Kel McCarr, the whole bang. They've had some injury issues over there with that team all season, which I think has been responsible for them being as flaky as they have been and not as consistent as we're used to seeing them. So, um, they're a great team. They could always win the Stanley Cup. For me, they're not my favorite out of the West. I think the Edmonton Oilers, with the offense they have and the moves they made at the tread deadline, are going to be the uh, Western Conference team to be. But there's more room in the West to become a contender, right? So I see Colorado there. I see Edmonton there. Maybe even Minnesota, if they find their groove in the postseason. Dallas, possibly. L.A., maybe. So there's a lot of great teams in the West that can make a run for it. But in the East, I mean, everyone can be a Stanley Cup contender. So once again, I think the Western Conference teams should be excited because at least at least it's not in the Eastern Conference the way it is right now. That's true. Edmonton with the uh, second-best goal differential in all of the West, trailing just Dallas, which leads the West with 81 points. Let's talk about the juggernaut in the East. And you're asking me in your head, which one? But uh, Bo- yeah, Boston has 103 points right now. Historically good team, historically good regular season so far. They're 49, 8, and 5. Uh, I mean, there's so many storylines on this team right now, but really, what makes this team great as it stands today? And if there's a team most likely to play spoiler in the East, who are you going with? Uh, Boston, I mean... This team, what a storyline right now for them. I think a lot of people forget the amount of injuries they were dealing with in the first half of the season. And I remember in our preseason shows, I talked a bit about how they would make a huge push in the second half. And I thought they'd still be a great team, but they'd have to overcome a lot. And then they started off this year with a ridiculous home winning streak and they proved everyone wrong. They got their players back. Everyone's playing great. They took a different uh, approach at the trade deadline than I was expecting. Because a lot of great teams were like, we're happy with the team we have. We don't need to do much. 
Boston goes, no, we can become better. And they add a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi, who had 30 goals last season with the Detroit Red Wings and didn't even play 70 games. And he was almost a point-per-game player with the Red Wings. Now he's on their third line, showing the depth of the Bruins right now. They add Dmitry Orlov from the Washington Capitals. I really like that ad. He's had a phenomenal start to his time in Boston. So they're getting depth all around their lineup. The only thing that can stop them right now, to be honest, is the President's Trophy curse. We know whoever wins the <laughs> President's Trophy in this league usually has some blues come the postseason. So that's the only thing that's stopping Boston right now. But I got to say, if there's another team from the East that's making it out, it's my Carolina Hurricanes. I've been high on them since before the season started. And they're just a great team. So many players on that team are so young and have taken the next step this year. They added Shane Gosses there at the trade deadline. He completely revitalized their power play since joining that team, and he's had four points in his first two games with them, all on the man advantage, which was the only area they were struggling. They probably had the most depth in their offense, blue line, and goaltending of any team in the NHL, so I wouldn't want to play Carolina in the playoffs. All great thoughts. Anna Dua of NHL.com and NHL Fantasy, our guest. You can follow her on Twitter at Anna Noel Dua. Anna, uh, it's always a blast to talk to you, get some insight into the world of hockey. Hope to do it again soon here on Overtime. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great talking to you. Absolutely. Great update across the broad spectrum of the hockey world. Minnesota Wild playing some good hockey of late. They'll be in action tonight. The regular season comes to a close awfully soon. And for Minnesota, their regular season finale approaching very quickly. Thursday, April 13th on the road in Nashville. And just for an update, Minnesota tied currently for third in the West with 78 total points. Vegas and the LA Kings sit at 82, while Dallas leads the Western Conference, uh, Western Central, rather, with 81. A lot of fun ahead as the playoffs draw near in the hockey world. And again, special thanks to Anna Dua for joining us. Now is the time to give me a call because I've got two pair of tickets, one for the men's game and one for the women's title game for today at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. Summit League Tournament Final tickets up for grabs right now. I will take caller number 10 and I'll take caller number 12. In honor of Aaron Rodgers today and what could be his final day with the green and gold Green Bay Packers. 605-362-3776. If you want to go and support the Jack women as they look to win the Summit League title, give me a call. Caller number 10, caller number 12. You will win a pair of tickets apiece. One for the women's game, one for the men's game. Your choice. Caller number 10, caller number 12. You'll get what's left. But either way. Fantastic basketball on display at the Premier Center tonight. As you heard Dano moments ago, several NBA caliber guys for both ORU and NDSU tonight at 8. Women play at 1 o'clock. Give your calls in right now. Caller 10, caller 12. We'll win a pair of tickets to the Summit League Championship Games today in Sioux Falls. Back after this on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. You can ESPN Sioux Falls. Overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO. Right back with you on the Tuesday edition of Overtime. If you're wanting to go to the Jackrabbit women's basketball game, it's your lucky day. My caller number 12 could not use the women's tickets. Again, it's a 1 o'clock tip time this afternoon. So at the end of this segment... I will call once again for a lucky caller. Please give me a call, and please use the tickets, because it's going to be a fantastic event today. I will be out there immediately to follow the show and looking to get some more sound from Coach Aaron Johnston 
as uh, the Jackrabbits look to put their stamp and uh, win the tournament at the Summit League on the women's side. SDSU men got bounced last night by North Dakota State. NDSU and Oral Roberts will play tonight at 8 for the men's title game. But again, SDSU women will play at 1 o'clock. So I, not only do I want to get a uh, a winner for the tickets, but I want to give you time to come grab the tickets and zoom off to the Premier Center. Again, it's a 1 o'clock tip time, and I've got two tickets to give away here in just about five minutes. We'll round out this segment talking a little bit of NFL and the latest news from the league. We told you a little bit earlier about Aaron Rodgers. Conversations with the New York Jets might be heating up between the Packers, Rodgers, and uh, Woody Johnson and the New York Jets as they look to land the services of the longtime Green Bay Packer quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Other NFL news to get to. The Kansas City Chiefs have a couple big roster announcements that hit the wire late yesterday. They will not be using their franchise tag on left tackle Orlando Brown. That's according to a source telling ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. It's kind of an unexpected move, and it also opens the door for Brown to exit the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Brown and the Chiefs couldn't agree on a long-term contract last year, so he played this past season under the franchise tag, earning about $16.6 million. And just in case you're wondering, the payday is nice. For an NFL player, as far as the franchise tag goes, it's the average of the top five salaries over a five-year period at your position. So, yeah, they make a lot of money on the tag, but there is no long-term security on the franchise tag. So when you think about it, from the player's perspective, you put it out all, all on the line for a good paycheck last year, play pretty darn well, and then a team thinks about franchise tagging you again, most players will shake their head and go, nah, no thanks, I don't want to do that. Regardless of... The organization familiarity and the success and coming off of a Super Bowl, Orlando Brown might explore options elsewhere because, again, NFL, not for long, and Orlando Brown looking for a long-term deal, can't blame him. For a guy that uh, got shipped off to Kansas City from Baltimore and now still playing really good football, and it's not often that franchise left tackles become available, he will have a huge market and will probably have an average annual value greater than the uh, the yearly value that he'd get under the franchise tag this year. The other move for Kansas City yesterday is that another player who might not be returning is defensive end Frank Clark. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter that Clark's agent Eric Burkhart was unable to find common ground with the Chiefs on a reworked deal. And now the expectation is that the Chiefs will release the 29-year-old Frank Clark. So again, Orlando Brown and Frank Clark, offensive, defensive line, respectfully, for the Chiefs both could be headed out of town due to contract differences. One, obviously not wanting to play under the tag, and Frank Clark not looking to take a pay cut right now at this stage of his career as a 29-year-old. Teams have until today at 3 o'clock Central to use their franchise tag. All eyes will be on Baltimore today. as The Ravens will apparently wait until the absolute deadline before placing the franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson Ravens Executive Vice President Ozzie Newsom told the Bernie Kosar Show on a Monday. Today and up till 3.30 tomorrow, a lot of energy will be utilized in trying to get a deal done. If not, we will put the franchise tag on him. There have been two players to receive the franchise tag yesterday. Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard, Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram, and the Commanders, of course, uh, franchise tagged Deron Payne last week. But... The franchise tag isn't always uh, what it seems. Sometimes it just gives you an opportunity to negotiate further while the player is still under contract with your organization, and that's what we'll see in Baltimore because Lamar Jackson 
more than likely, given how this scenario has played out, is not looking for a one-year payday. And that's what the tag would provide. I don't even know if he would play on the franchise tag. We haven't gotten to that layer of the onion yet with the situation between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, but I wouldn't play on the franchise tag one year if you're a a running quarterback who's battled some injuries. And again, it's about long-term security for these guys, especially the really good NFL players. Sure, you'll see veterans come in for cheap or the young guys lay it out on the line looking for their big contract, but the long-term security of the big deal in the league is, is something that every player strives for, especially when you're a guy like Lamar who's won an MVP, came close to winning a Super Bowl, or going to a Super Bowl, rather, in his MVP season, got bounced out of the playoffs a little bit early. But since that time, Lamar has still been a very, very above-average quarterback. Most would put him in their top five, top ten at worst. And Lamar deserves the respect and, and the paycheck coming from Baltimore. Will it get done? That's the big question there with the Baltimore Ravens. couple other NFL news and nuggets. These both concerning NFL wide receivers. A Nevada judge will again be asked to decide which justice of the peace should handle a preliminary hearing in the case against former Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III, who was accused of killing a woman in a drunken car crash back in 2021. Las Vegas Justice of the Peace Harmony Letizia told Ruggs and his attorneys Monday that she lacks the authority to decide whether she or another judge should preside over the hearing to decide if there is enough evidence to warrant that Ruggs stand trial on charges of reckless driving and driving under the influence causing death. Ruggs' attorneys, David Chesnoff and Richard Schoenfeld, said they will again take issue to the Clark County District Court, where a judge in January said the case should be assigned to the Las Vegas DUI Specialty Court docket. But the judge handling those cases recused himself because he said he talked about the Ruggs case during his 2022 re-election campaign. The 24-year-old Ruggs is on house arrest, and he's facing up to 50 years in prison if he is convicted. One other news nugget from the NFL before we do this ticket giveaway for South Dakota State women's basketball. That is another wide receiver in the news. The NFL yesterday fully reinstated Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley from his suspension for violating the league's gambling policy. Ridley, who had applied for reinstatement from his indefinite suspension for gambling back on February 15th, is now eligible to participate in all team activities immediately. And assuming he returns to even a fraction of his old form, that's a big boost for that Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Summit League Basketball Championship tickets up for grabs right now. 605-362-3776. And again, the PSA out there, this is the the women's game. They play at 1 o'clock, and be sure you can use the tickets. I'll have them at the front desk for you. Come pick them up on your way to the Premier Center. Get your calls in right now. I will take caller number 9 right now. 605-362-3776. I've got a pair of good tickets to the Women's Basketball Championship. Again, if you're heading there no matter what, I can get you in for free. Or if you just want to get out of work and play hooky and see some of the best basketball in our area, get on the phone. Caller number 9. 605-362-3776, South Dakota State and Omaha for the women's title at the Summit League Tournament. 1 o'clock is the tip-off time. Caller number 9 will be a winner of a pair of tickets here on Overtime, 605-362-3776. Back with more headlines of the day after this on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. Every day at Wolfson.